following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to a Reaction Monday of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, and it is Reaction Monday, and we've got a lot of reacting to do. Uh, it's what a crazy weekend of college sports it was, and man, it's <laughs> it's going to be an interesting show, to say the least. An interesting show. But... Looking forward to it because Mondays are always fun. We get a chance to react to everything that happened over the weekend and talk a little bit about what's coming up the rest of the week as it is Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving. And I guess a, a bunch of folks are out of school this week. So, yeah. And it seems like they're out of school the entire week. Yeah. I mean, which is, <laughs> which is odd to me, but hey, whatever works. <laughs> We never, we never could get so lucky, could we? No, no. We I mean, start, we, we didn't have to start it August eighth either. No, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> but we, we went, we went for sure Monday and Tuesday, and we might have gone Wednesday as well. But you know, like you said, we didn't start the first of August either. So I don't blame them. I, <laughs> I always lobbied for, I always lobbied for year round school, man. That nine weeks on, like two weeks off or whatever. No, no, I'm not with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I could well, that. you still get like six weeks for summer, and hell, they only get eight weeks now. It feels like so. <laughs> yeah, give me two weeks off in the middle of the hmm. of the year. I guess every now and then wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. Anyway, it's a uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting week. It's the best week of the year. I'm just going to tell you, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. No ifs ands or buts about it. So which means tomorrow there's probably going to be some kind of Thanksgiving top five. So. Whatever you come up with, big guy. Oh, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about top five uh, Thanksgiving weekend games, like the best games that we've watched on Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> and that Thursday and Friday is always a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Maybe we can find find five out there to uh, to talk about. So, yeah. Anyway, we got a lot to get to. Joe Rexrod is going to join us here in just a few minutes, and he's going to talk a little Vandy and Tennessee football with us. Vanderbilt with a big win over the weekend. Uh, you know, as we kind of may have alluded to on this show on Friday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just throwing that out there. For those of you who want to who want to highlight the 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 ones we miss, but forget the ones that we get. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> there are some folks like that out there. I promise. Oh yeah, no question. Anyway, we have a lot to get to, and the rundown is huge, so we need to get to it quickly and as fast as possible. So let's get to it. This weekend's results, today's schedule. Here's the rundown. Here's the rundown. The Monday run brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. Z 
DCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Friday night football action, Baylor down Brentwood Academy in a great football game, 44-39. It was Beach taking care of Cane Ridge, 35-7 CPA. Over Chattanooga Christian, 28-13. Tyner Academy, a 35-7 winner over East Robertson. While Friendship Christian edged University School of Jackson, 24-20. It was Giles County, 24. Sweetwater, 13. Henry County, 27-19 in a comeback win. There, Lipscomb Academy advances to the state finals with a 44-7 win over Knoxville Webb. Pearl Cone was a doubled-up Lexington, 48-24. While NBA edged out McCauley, 28-27. It was Nashville Christian, 54. Jackson Christian, 20. Page, a 35-28 winner over Nolensville. Oakland, 48. Blackman, 23. And East Nashville, 40. Smith County, 27. In girls' basketball action on Friday night, it was East Nashville, 53. Chattanooga Brainerd, 7. Creekwood with a 48-39 win over Cheatham County. East Hickman down Santa Fe, 57-14. McEwen with a 48-31 win over Joe Burns. Maplewood, 63. McGavick, 41. Rossview defeated Station Camp, 47-30. Sycamore with a 59-45 win over West Creek. And Hampshire, 60. Zion Christian, 26. In boys basketball action, it was East Nashville 69, Brainerd 59, Cheatham County a 90 to 78 winner over Creekwood, Santa Fe 75 62 over East Hickman. It was Glencliff 85, Marshall County 65, Joe Burns a 78 49 winner over McEwen, Knowledge Academies down Hillcrest 75 67, while McGavick took care of Maplewood 61 52. Red Bulling Springs was a 62 57 winner over White House. Station Camp edged out Rossby 48-46. Stewart County, a 58-48 winner over Montgomery Central, while West Creek down Sycamore 78-62. Westmoreland, 72-37 over Community Christian and Zion Christian, 71-55 winners over Hampshire. For the record, I think that's Christian Community, but at any rate, Beach in girls basketball action on Saturday defeated Brentwood 55-52. It was Cleveland 54, Riverdale 13. Ooh. Coffee County with a 72-28 win over Columbia Academy also defeated Murfreesboro Central 62-33. Columbia Academy with a 60-53 win over Fayetteville. Creekwood defeated Mount Juliet 52-21 and defeated Beach 45-42. DeKalb County with a 74-41 win over East Robertson. It was Mount Pleasant 50, Franklin Classical 48. Gallatin with a 59-53 win over Westmoreland. Also, Gallatin defeated Clarksville Northwest 57-50. Gordonsville downed East Robertson 45-38. Liberty Creek with a 46-45 win over White House Heritage. And Livingston Academy 62, Hendersonville 52. Brentwood and Mount Juliet played 56-29 win for the Lady Bruins. It was Page 51, Ravenwood 40. Pope Prep 55-30 winners over Hillwood. Richland down Eagleville 45-27. And Giles County 54-23. It was Stewart's Creek 83, Dyersburg 24. Page edged Nolensville 41-40. Nashville Christian was 46-35 winners over Summit. But the lady, uh, the Spartan women bounced back with a 73-30 win, win over Wilson Central. Westmoreland, 61. Clarksville Northwest, 46. And York Institute, 51-40 winners over Murfreesboro Central Magnet. Oh, and boys basketball action on Saturday. Beach with a 51-40 win over Tennessee Heat. Also, Beach defeated Mount Juliet, 36-33. Coffee County with a 50-49 win over Page. 
it was Columbia Academy 63, York Institute 50, Christ Presbyterian Academy with an 82-65 win over Battleground Academy, Tennessee Heat with a 71-65 win over Creekwood, Davidson Academy 62, Kenwood 54, DeKalb County down East Robertson 56-39, Mount Pleasant with a 74-36 win over Franklin Classical, Gallatin with a pair of wins, 54-37 over Clarksville Northwest and 67-53 over Oakland. Giles County defeated Eagleville 63-47, Camden Central with a 76-58 win over Harper. Hendersonville defeated Smith County 72-34 and Independence with a 100-42 win over Shelburne. Liberty Creek fell to White House Heritage 56-45. Murfreesboro Central with a pair of wins, 66-44 over Red Bank and 64-57 over Summertown. Oakland down northwest, 83-53. While Pope Prep fell to Hillwood, 62-59. It was Ravenwood, 68. Warren County, 55. Richland, a couple of wins, 62-46 over Harriman and 61-33 over Fayetteville. Riverdale down Centennial, 54-51. Dyersburg, 49-46 over Stewart's Creek. Murfreesboro Central, 63. Summertown, 56. It was Summit with a pair of wins, 69-55 over Shelbyville and 62-55 over Wilson Central. Brentwood Academy down Webb School, 67-52. College football action over the weekend. Alabama with a 34-0 win over Austin P. Tennessee State went to Texas A&M. Commerce and got a 22-14 win. Vanderbilt shocked Florida and a number of other folks, 31-24. South Carolina shocked a number of folks as well with their 63-38 demolishing of Tennessee. In NHL action, overtime, the Tampa Bay Lightning 3, Nashville Predators 2. And in NBA action over the weekend, the Grizzlies split a pair, defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder 121-110, falling to the Brooklyn Nets 127-115. Women's basketball action over the weekend. San Diego got the best of Lipscomb 49-45, but the Lady Bisons bounced back with a win over Hawaii 73-69 in overtime. Tennessee Destroyed Rutgers 94 to 54, but fell to UCLA 80 to 63. It was Iowa just barely getting by Belmont 73 62 at home. It was St. Joseph 67, Vanderbilt 59. Uh, Campbellsville down Cumberland 76 65, while Lane College a 75 64 winner over Fisk. Trevecca down Missouri of St. Louis 61 48. UT Southern with a 77 76 win over Lindsey Wilson. In junior college action, Walter State down Columbia State 78-47 and Cleveland State defeated Vol State 59-46. Men's basketball action, Tarleton State. Tarleton State out of Texas with an 89-81 win over Belmont. Vanderbilt defeated Moorhead State 76-43. It was Notre Dame 66, Lipscomb 65. Yeah, you heard me. Missouri State with a 75-51 win over Middle Tennessee State. Belmont 66, George Mason 62. Cumberland with a 93-75 win over Campbellsville. UT Southern 76, Lindsey Wilson 50, and in junior college action, Columbia State fell at Walter State 62-57. Ball State with a 75-60 win over Cleveland State. Doubleheader basketball action tonight. High school ranks White Creek at Antioch at 6. All of these at 6 o'clock. Henry County at Clarksville Northeast. Pope Prep at Franklin Road Academy. Gallatin hosting Laverne. Houston County goes to Joe Burns. Montgomery Central's at home against McEwen. Mount Juliet's at Summit. And Mount Pleasant is at Zion Christian. 
girls basketball only action today. Um, Loretta with a 52-45 win over Moore County already. At 1 o'clock, Cullioka plays. Or I guess they're playing now. Cullioka and Summertown down in Cornersville. Um, Cardinal Newman of Florida plays Rockvale. Tip off in three minutes. Cross Presbyterian Academy and Siegel play at three. Also at three today, Riverdale plays Hillsboro. At 4.30, Lipscomb County. I'm sorry. Living. Lincoln. County. <laughs> Something with an L. Lincoln County plays Independence at 4.30 today at Franklin. At 5.30 today, Hendersonville plays at Harpeth Hall. Green Hill plays at Creekwood at 6. St. Cecilia Academy is at Ezel Harding at 6. Also at 6, Franklin's at Lipscomb Academy. I don't think that's right, but um, that might be flipped. Um, Tennessee Heat plays Mount Juliet Christian at 6. And Franklin Grace plays at Friendship Christian at seven. Boys basketball action: Cullioka and Summertown play at two thirty. Middle Tennessee Christian and Station Camp at four thirty. At five fifteen, it's Independence and Webb School. Hendersonville and Smyrna at five thirty. Community and Westmoreland at six. At six thirty, Page and Centennial. Uh, it's White's Creek at Antioch at seven thirty. Creekwood at Beach at seven thirty. And Green Hill taking on Blackman also at seven thirty. Also at 7.30, Lighthouse is at Ezell Harding. Grace Christian of Franklin plays Father Ryan at 7.30. Ravenwood is at Franklin at 7.30 at 8.30. Goodness. Franklin Classical is at Friendship Christian. Um, handful more of 7.30 games. Christ Presbyterian is at Harpeth. Tennessee Heat is at Mount Juliet Christian. And Franklin Road Christian is at Murfreesboro Central. Sometime today, North Jackson plays at Watertown. That's North Jackson out of Alabama. Women's basketball action today, Austin P and Davidson underway right now, as well as Gonzaga and Tennessee. They tipped off at 1.30 on ESPNU, and I didn't realize that, so I'm going to turn it on now. Tennessee State's at Butler tonight at the Fieldhouse at 6 o'clock. At 5.30, you can catch UT Southern's women at Cumberland. In junior college play, it's UT Southern's JV at Ball State at 6.30. And Itawamba Community College out of Mississippi will be at Columbia State at 6.30. Men's basketball action ongoing right now. Cal State Northridge and Tennessee State playing out on the West Coast. That was a 2 o'clock tip. 2.15 on ESPN3. Howard is playing Belmont. 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN+. Plus. Covenant is at Lipscomb. And at 7.30, UT Southern's men are at Cumberland. Junior college action tonight. Both these games at 8.30. Southeastern Illinois at Ball State. And Western Kentucky Community and Technical College is at Columbia State. Actually, I think that's a 7.30 start. Uh, 7 o'clock on Valley Sports South in NHL action. The Coyotes of Arizona come into Bridgestone Arena to take on the Nashville Predators. And at 7.15 on ESPN, the 49ers are at Arizona against the Cardinals. And that is your rundown. My guess is Western Kentucky Tech and Columbia State will just start whenever the women finish and they get warmed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank whenever you. that That's might a, be. Yeah, whenever that is. 5.30 and 7.30 is the typical yeah. estimated time, but we'll see. Well, and you know, both of these say had 6.30, and I, I'm wondering if those are Eastern times, but I don't know why. I guess the TCCAA could have Eastern on their website. I just, I don't know. Could be. And and I just it, it's not notated anywhere, so I just assumed mm-hmm. it was Central Time. But you know what assuming does? Ah, uh, yes, all too well. 
currently Gonzaga up on Tennessee 24-18 at the end of the first quarter, and that's just about what the Lady Vols have been dealing with early in this season. We'll we'll talk about them later in the show because mm-hmm. it's it's been unfortunate uh, the start to this year after such a great year last year. Um, I've got theories. I'll get into them when we talk later. Let's do it. Um, Howard and Belmont have tipped off just moments ago, and I don't have that game up on the screen just yet, but I will have it here soon. But that's okay. We, uh, we again, big show. Joe Rexrow joining us here in just a few moments. We've got Reaction Monday to the Southeastern Conference, to college football from around the rest of the time. And again, we'll talk Little Lady Vols Hall of Fame ballots released. So they're out there available for your perusing. We may talk about There's an interesting well. name on there for the first time as well. I, I did see a uh I did see a couple of uh interesting names. Mm-hmm. One in particular that you might see later in this show at some point during a promo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so We'll get to that and more uh, on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. We'll take a break here, and uh, we're scheduled to have Joe Rexroad next, so uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton. Joe Rexrow joining us here shortly on this Reaction Monday. Sure, we will talk a little bit about <laughs> the destruction that was in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. Mo, it, it's... You know, as you watched college football unfold on Saturday you thought, well, this is great for Tennessee because all they got to do is take care of business and they, they're going to be in good shape. Well, all they got to do is take care of business. They, they must've felt that same way. Well, I mean, there was still a need to take care of business and they clearly did not from the, from the start. It, it appeared the, the, yeah, the, I don't know, just, as well as they started that game last year, it was the exact opposite. And 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 let you know, I, the defense was horrible, but Spencer Rattler had to play the game of his life. Well, I mean, he, I, I don't, I don't think he missed anything. Well, it's easy not to miss when you can sit back there, eat a pizza, and. And, and, you know, look, and look you've got guys running wide open. I was about to say, I mean, not only did he have plenty of time to find the wide open guys, it didn't take them that long to get wide open. Uh, yeah, they were open immediately. I mean, it was, it was, it was 7 11, you know. I, it, I, I've, I've not talked a whole lot about that game since it was over with. And, and, don't have it. Don't have a whole lot of desire to today. I guess we got to, but I mean, it was just. It is the elephant as, in the room. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, you know, I, before we get into all of that, I, today, today's press conference, Josh Heupel basically refused to say why Jeremy Banks wasn't there, which all but confirms to me that it was a. Mm. It, it was a tiff between he and some other players on the team. Now, I don't know if that was actually Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton or if it was somebody else or who, but it clearly wasn't injury-related, as was notated on the uh, depth chart that was handed out to the folks on press row. Yeah. Uh, it, that is – that, along with what you saw Saturday defensively, can't be a good thing. I mean, that – you're you're trying to play for a, a chance at a national championship and you're having this issue? Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing good about that. And you know, for all of the strides that Jeremy Banks has made over the course of his career, it's really kind of disappointing if if even half of this is is true or accurate. It's it's just a tough pill for the entire Tennessee football program fan base anybody involved with to swallow that this is the issue that we're discussing here now and i'm just gonna tell you his absence was missed uh, i mean it was it was noted it was notable it, he just he brings a level of uh, intensity to that defense and, and a little bit of, of leadership and for him to not be there. That's, I think that had, a, I think it played a part on Saturday. Now 
I'm I'm curious as you know to how much it affected the defense on throughout the game. Like, were they still angry with him not being there with their coaching staff? Or there's just were they so angry with him that, not being there? Were they angry for the same reasons he was? What what were, was were they the, angry at him for not being there? And I mean, who knows? Who knows? Were that were they angry at the coaching staff for him not being there? Right. I mean, I mean they very well could have been. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine you would throw a football game in, in the midst of a national championship race, but boy, at times it certainly looked like they were just whatever. That would be, that would be as good an explanation <laughs> as any for what took place. No, no kidding. Because well, I would like, it might be a little bit easier to swallow if what they did was intentional. <laughs> Absolutely, it would. we're we're better than this. We just choose not to be. I mean, that might be a little easier to deal with. So I don't know. Uh, Let's just... ask somebody. Well, I don't know if he was there or not. Joe, Joe Rexroad of the Athletic, now with us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Were you in Columbia, Joe? I was not. Oh, good. I was not there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was um, very uh, quite a sight on television. Oh, and and I wonder. I, I imagine it was just as bad, if not worse, in person. I don't know, but man, that's um. I mean, you want to talk about setting national title hopes ablaze? That was, and and I don't know if it was Tennessee's defense that did it, or if it was Spencer Rattler that did it, but they they certainly went up in flames Saturday night. They did. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty remarkable um, to see a South Carolina offense that had, uh, you know, six points against Florida a week earlier, 10 points at home against Missouri two weeks before that. Now they had looked good at times. I mean, Rattler's talented, inconsistent, erratic, you know, some people, I mean, shoot a year ago, people thought, or, or a little more than a year ago, he's like mm -hmm. the number one pick. He's a talented guy. They have good receivers, but. You know, I I I'm, I heard you guys talking about the bank stuff. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, honestly, I don't think from what I know of the situation, players were mad at all about banks not being like uh, the coaches about banks. I think uh, maybe mad at banks mm -hmm. that might be, and I'm, I'm sure there's a distraction element here. And uh, they they he's a great blitzer. He's a good player. I mean, I you know he, he could have made some difference, but I, I'm I'm guessing that the the whole thing certainly didn't help them right just in terms of the distraction i mean like I, like all year it's almost it hasn't just been like this dream season on the field but they've been you know obviously a very close team uh, i mean I, I don't think you can do the things they've done if you don't have good chemistry and so then whatever exactly happened happened and uh i mean look with jo josh heupel making that reference after the game. And then today, really, he could have he could have gone Butch Jones a few years ago and said, no, Shai Tuttle's helmet attacked him. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he yeah. pretty much confirmed it. You know, So, I mean, it's clearly something that is bothering him, so probably bothering a lot of other people there. Is that I wonder I wonder if his absence and like you said you just mentioned it he is one of the the better blitzing linebackers on the team I wonder if that had a, 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 as much to do with the game plan of because it, it seemed like they were just not trying to rush more than four maybe five guys at any point and just stunning on the defensive line I wonder if that had made made the game plan much different without him there 
Yeah, it's a good question, but you know, you got to adjust. I mean, and I, you know, I, I mean, I think they tried some different things. I think, yeah, if anything, you know, you could have made the case just sell out more. And but, but again, yeah, he is one of their best. He's very good, you know, at timing it up and you know, getting home. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I, there were times I'm like, well, you may as well just bring pressure. They're wide open anyway. Sure. You know, drop, drop seven. Great. How much make him make it? So, well, make him make yeah. a decision at. at you know, right. when you're, when you're rushing four and they're wide open and he's standing back there and he gets a chance, a chance to look it over. That's a lot different than having a guy in your face because you're in zero coverage and rushing six. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, maybe it's one of those things where they have banks and they're more comfortable, you know, trying some different things, but I mean, it's, yeah, the whole thing was just, it was one of those things. It's, it's just like, you know, you're playing a, a, a given night in basketball and the other team goes like 12 from 20 from three. And you're just like, man, they're just, it's just, they're just on fire. You know, everything was working, but I, I feel like all year Tennessee's defense hasn't been great. Of course they've gotten in some shootouts, but they've had some really good moments too. And overall they've been fine. They've been competent. And really, if you just had competent, then I think you still have a chance to win like a close game. You know, and instead it's just one punt and all the other drives are touchdowns. Yeah, I feel like confident, competent, like you said, would have given them a chance. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. So, Joe, I've, I've not put a whole lot of thought into Tennessee's football prospects since Saturday night, to be honest, but What's out there for them at this point? Well, the sad thing for them is they go from, you know, I still believe really good chance to make the playoff. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how, you know, some of the other things unfold with USC and TCU and all that, but they go from that to, I don't think they're, they really have much chance at the sugar bowl now, because when you look at Bama and LSU, I think it's probably going to be one of those two that gets the sugar bowl. So I think the Vols still have a good chance at 10 and two to, to get a new year, new year six game. Um, certainly could be uh, uh, the cotton bowl, maybe the orange bowl, you know, and obviously that'd be big for them to, you know, to, to, to get one of those games for the program, for the, for the, uh, you know, just all the benefits of having a, a game, getting in a game like that, but they could also end up like in like the, whatever the heck they call the capital one or citrus or whatever in Orlando, you know, that, that could, that could be due. Now has, if LSU were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, LSU and Georgia both go is has Alabama moved back ahead of Tennessee in the pecking order? Yeah, it's a good, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Probably. My guess is probably, I mean, you know, how much damage is, uh, but it, it, when you're asking me, Mo, in the pecking order, you're talking, you're, you're talking just like bowl selections. You're not talking yeah, actual playoff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, for bowl I, mean, I mean, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, 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 you know, again, it's not like they have to follow these set rules as long as they don't have any rule that, that stops them from choosing Alabama. Right. And they're going to mm-hmm. choose Alabama. Although, although, Hey man, I could make a case too that uh 
Well, see, it's a lot easier to make the case when Hendon Hooker's not hurt. You know, it's like I can make the case that, one, Tennessee has a massive and starving fan base that's mm-hmm. going to come to whatever city you have, and they're going to be excited about this, whereas the Alabama fan base, you know, yawns and says, yeah, okay, is it the national title game? Then I'm not spending my money. Mm-hmm. And also you can make the case that what would be more fun than this offense? Now, again, without Hooker, maybe, you know, there's a little hesitation. It's an interesting thing because – I think Alabama, just from a TV product standpoint, you know, is obviously, you know, more valuable, more valued. But the fan aspect of it is, for whatever that's worth, whatever that means, I don't even think it's close, is it? Like, Tennessee fans are going to go nuts for whatever game they have. And Alabama fans have so much fatigue. I mean, you know, it's like, they're, I mean, they're. You it's national championship or bust. Now, they're going to go. Yeah. They're going to spend money, but it's not going to be. You know, you're not going to have fans in the streets watching games like you would if it were Tennessee. The fans hoping to get tickets or whatever. It's a little different. Right. I, you're you're 100 right, but y'all are talking like Alabama's not going to get in the college football playoff. And well, I'm here <laughs> to tell you, there's there's a chance, and if there's a chance at all, it's probably going to happen. So okay, <laughs> talk talk me through that, Chris. Pac-12 champion is either is Oregon. So they're they're not going to make the playoff, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got two losses. Then you've got, you know, TCU loses in the championship game, and then that's an iffy. Then you've got the Ohio State Michigan uh, loser is going to get in, but also Alabama. So it's going to happen. So just watch. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. So Alabama is going to be what? What is Alabama going to be? Seven. Going to be about seven. Because LSU's yeah, dropping yeah. out when they lose to Georgia, they're done. What if Alabama? What if LSU doesn't lose to Georgia? Well, and then comes- then it's completely over. But okay. I'm just I'm just here to tell you that Alabama's getting in the playoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if LSU is a champion with a win over Georgia, certainly they will yeah, get, in. get in before Bama. Obviously, yeah, they're in. Yeah, but boy, I, what a what what a turn of events that would be. Wouldn't it? Would it not be the the just the weirdest <laughs> thing? But anyway, yeah. I, on top of everything else, you know, obviously Tennessee's having it. It's going to be a rough, a rough go of it. And now you got to come to First Bank Stadium, where Vanderbilt is coming off not only an SEC road win, but now they've beaten Florida at home last week. They've got all the momentum in the world, nothing to lose, and a bowl game to play for. And oh, by the way, you don't have your starting quarterback. This is a really interesting game all of a sudden. It is. It's a, it's incredible to, to think that it could be. Again, like like 10 days ago, I would have laughed if anybody said, you know, that there, there's any chance of an interesting game or that like the line would only be about two touchdowns. I mean, that's wild to me. But, yeah, I, look, Vanderbilt, it, it's amazing how much better they've gotten. And, and also just the story of Mike Wright, too. You know, Mike Wright – who is the leader of the team is you know, like they're building this season around him. And then all of a sudden, boom, you switch to the freshman who's very talented, but he gets this second chance and is just running with it. And man, just making huge plays, but also like some of the clutch throws he made on that winning drive at Kentucky. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. So I, I'm, I'm way more interested in this game and, and less c- convinced of the outcome right now than I ever would have guessed. Good Lord. And, and at this point, I mean, what is AJ Swan's status 
in terms of that concussion, Joe, do you know? I mean, is he available? Was he available this past weekend? I, I was not watching that game at the start. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, um, I don't believe he was. Um, and, you know, will he be, you know, Clark Lee will, will talk tomorrow. I mean, I would think that he'd be available, but I also would think, you know, you're not going to mess with this right now, right? I mean, you're going to go, you're going to go with the guy who's winning, actually winning football games for you for the first time in a long, long time in this league. Well, you know, I would think that I don't know how much the you can't lose your spot to injury weighs into the situation, or if that's even a thing anymore. But I, on its face, I would tend to agree with you. I, I don't know though. I mean, Joe Milton, you could say he lost his job to injury but he really lost his job because the guy who came in when he was hurt was better than him. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I I mean, to me, like what Mike Wright has done the last two games, I feel like I just, I can't imagine that he would, uh, he would switch it back. I mean, AJ Swan has, it's an interesting, it is an interesting situation because I've kind of assumed, you know, Mike Wright will look elsewhere, you know, after this season, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. But also, like if you're like as soon as AJ Swan had a really good game, of course I hear from Bamberg fans like, oh my gosh, who's going to steal him from us, right? So now, so you also are thinking about that stuff if you're not just Vanderbilt, but I think especially a place like Vanderbilt, like, well, I don't want AJ Swan to be unhappy when the season ends, you know. But I, I even then with that, I feel like you can't mess with the winning formula, and you had like you said, I mean, you have a chance to beat Tennessee maybe and go to a bowl game. That's incredible uh, work in year two with that program and what, and what Clark Lee inherited. <laughs> Never would have thought. The fact we're having this conversation. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is remarkable. Yeah. And, and just a testament to, you know, the resiliency of that football program. And, you know, that's one of the things that you get with Vanderbilt football players. They're going to be resilient because they've had to be for, you know, for the last couple of years and it's paying off when you've got a guy like Clark Lee who believes in you and has, has put his, his blood, sweat and tears into the program. And, you know, he, he's given these guys something that, you know, not a lot of Vanderbilt players over the, you know, over the course of the school's history ha- have gotten to do and, Boy, beating Tennessee and keeping them out of a New Year's Six Bowl for sure, going to a bowl game, that would be the cherry on the top of the Sunday. There's no question. But um, it has been impressive what we've seen from Vanderbilt. And looking forward to this Saturday, no question. Uh, Joe Rexroad of The Athletic here joining us on Main Street Sports Day. Joe, uh, we appreciate you and your resilience for getting on with this. Hey, 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 before we let Joe go, Joe, have you recovered from your last trip to Knoxville? <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we think, I think we've got it all figured out. We got all the, you know, bank accounts changed and everything. And, uh, although I still have to, now I'm waiting for another laptop, but I'm, I, you know, I've stolen one of my kids' laptops. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're okay. Waiting on that glass to be repaired and all that stuff. So, that was, how was that, that was drive back fun. with no windows? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, it was just the one, <laughs> but uh, it's like one of those things where, you know, it, it was the it was the rear driver's side, and it's you know how it is. Like if you have a window open on the highway, and you have that woo 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 sound. So it's like 
you're trying to like open the other windows enough to minimize that sound. But then of course you also have the heat blasting and it was like, you know, it just gotten cold last weekend. So yeah, it was, it, I stopped a couple more times than normal, you know, just to get off, get get away from it for a little bit, but it was fine. <laughs> Man, let, let me echo everybody else. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. And I hope that um, the damage has has been minimized as best it could be but man that's it 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 sucks i've I've dealt with it myself and i hate a thief and i'm I'm sure there's little notes chance of figuring out who did it but man just more resilience from joe rickshrode of the athletic here on main street sports today (laughs) i I appreciate appreciate it guys (laughs) yeah hey um hang in there we'll catch up with you guys thanks so much All right, Tennessee has taken a halftime lead in that Gonzaga women's basketball game. So that's good to good to see. Good to see um, more college football reaction from the Southeastern Conference coming up here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. So you guys stick around. We'll be right back after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wall. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. <laughs> Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris, I'm Mo Patton here as we are continuing Reaction Monday, reacting to all of the weekend's shenanigans from across the college football landscape, but specifically the SEC in this particular moment. And, you know, outside of outside of Tennessee and Vanderbilt, there there weren't a whole lot of surprises. Georgia didn't really show up to Kroger Field the way you would have expected offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, 16-6 win there. And at that point, that's when I started getting worried <laughs> about the Tennessee game. I was like, this is a weird day. Weird it was a weird good. day. I mean, like you said, Georgia only beating Kentucky 16-6. to up in Lexington, you know, Arkansas doing what they did to Ole Miss. There was a lot of craziness. And um, maybe we should have known better about the late game from some of that other stuff. But it was it was an odd day. It, it, and, and it was an odd day outside the SEC as well. And I'm sure we'll get to some of that later on. Not that, not that it matters anymore. But Well, that's the thing is – and see, this is why the 12-team playoff is such a big deal. Because 
a lot of those games would have mattered. North Carolina getting beat, they're out no matter mm-hmm. what happens. Even if they win the ACC, they're probably not going to get into a into a 12-team playoff. <laughs> then Utah and Oregon actually matters Saturday night with a 12-team playoff. The winner's in, the loser's out. And, I mean, those are the things that a lot of folks with the, you know, the four-team playoff mentality. There aren't there aren't four great teams. Well, that may be true, but and it, it devalues the regular season. Well, I think it's the exact opposite. I think it makes more games in November. I don't, I don't think it devalues the regular season, but I, I do think, like you said, with twelve teams, it makes more teams matter. Uh, more more games matter. So it. I just don't know what's wrong with more teams having access to playing for a national championship. It might be the same four teams. You know, you may wind up with the top four seeds, but at least other teams had an opportunity. Sure. That's all you can ask for. So you're saying there's a chance. What's so crazy is the same people who are crying about you know, expanding the playoffs are the same people who are crying about opt-outs. Well, if you don't want people to opt out, give them give a reason them to, play. to play for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it makes too much sense. Uh, Alabama fans are expecting uh, Bryce, Bryce Young and Will Anderson to opt out of the bowl game, and I'm like, hey, y'all don't know y'all going to be in the top four. <laughs> We'll get into it a little more deeply tomorrow, but I'm telling you, there's a chance. And if there's an, if there is at all an opportunity for them to get in, they're going to get in. Uh, 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 nothing against Alabama. I got no issue with Alabama at all, but a two loss Alabama. I would I would is, be nauseated to be honest. But but here's the thing is again, a two loss a two loss Pac-12 champion you can't put in because it's Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. You already you, you put them at like eleven last week. <laughs> a what is USC right now? Aren't they like nine and one, ten and they, one? They are ten and one. But they would lose the Pac-12 championship game. That's what I'm telling you. They're not going to get. They're not going to be a two-loss non-Pac-12 champion. If you're not going to put a two-loss Pac-12 champion in, you're not going to put a two-loss Pac-12 non-champion in. Yeah, I, I get that. So LSU drops out. So that's one spot they move up. LSU drop. Okay, so so you you are you are already. I'm conceding in that, stone. You, Yeah, well, Georgia I mean, beats LSU. You're saying Georgia beats LSU and Oregon beats USC. Correct. And I can see one of those. And TCU losing, you're not going to have a one. They already. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not TCU. convinced that TCU is going to lose at this point. Well, I'm just saying, just this is my scenario of Alabama getting into the playoff. I think you're putting way too much time into it, but okay. TCU loses Kansas State. I think they will. By the way, they're out because they already they they already said one loss Alabama was better than undefeated TCU in the opening ranking. So. Alabama just keeps winning. Next thing you know, they move up, and then you've got number one Georgia, 
number two, Ohio State, Michigan, number three, Alabama, number four, Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> Tell me that's not the worst possible thing they could. You thought LSU winning was was doomsday scenario? No. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, not well. It was before Saturday, right? This is now doomsday scenario. Two SEC teams and two two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. That includes in your Final Four: Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. Now tell me how little everyone's going to care about that. I mean, that's pretty much the Georgia Invitational, isn't it? Why don't you just strike one round and take Georgia and Ohio State straight to the finals? <laughs> I mean, we could do it. We could do it. I'm just, uh, you know, that that's what's that's what this weekend has kind of given us. I mean, TCU surviving on a, you know, a, a well done, well done play, by the way. I, how impressive was that field goal unit getting onto the field and him having time to actually like get set to kick it mm -hmm. with time to spare. I, I mean, when they ran the ball, I thought, Oh dear God, what is going on? And well done. Got to give yeah, him props. I and mean, TCU clearly has a, a horseshoe lodged somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, Michigan surviving, Ohio State surviving, and then getting the late, you know, scoop and score slash pick six, whatever you want to call it. It was a fumble, but he caught it in the air, so whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just didn't seem like there was anybody who – I've said this a couple of times. You know, what if the playoff committee just came out and put a statement and said, you know what, everybody's just kind of mid. We're not having a playoff this year. <laughs> like nobody's really that good. <laughs> so sorry. We, we don't we don't have four playoff worthy teams. <laughs> Try again next year, guys. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. V vacating the 2022 national championship. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Everybody's just kind of mid. Sorry. <laughs> And that's the way it felt Saturday. Now, obviously, that's not the case, but that it certainly was on Saturday. You, you, you could you could make an argument for sure. I mean, Georgia beating Kentucky by ten. Georgia, Kentucky just lost to Vanderbilt and got waylaid by Tennessee. I mean, this is not it, this is not a very good football team, and you're out here winning by ten. This is twice now that you've struggled against the. Well, the bottom of the SEC East. How do you put together a power ranking for the SEC East? Buddy, I, I mean, it's Georgia and then what? I don't know. Because it's it's just it, it's Because just everybody's a big beating old, everybody. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point. And in two weeks, in two weeks, Tennessee scored 66 against Missouri and gave up 63 to South Carolina. And none of it makes sense. None. This is this is a simulation. That's what it. I mean, it feels like this this entire weekend of college football just just wasn't. It it was like nobody came to play, and 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 maybe it was what I said on Friday. You know, cupcake weekend, and <laughs> the cupcakes fought back. Huh? Clearly, they did. Now let's let's look at the AP top twenty five. 
And you see Tennessee drops to ninth behind Alabama. I thought that was interesting. I was a little surprised they didn't fall any farther. Well, that's where the two lost teams start, and I guess they figure uh, Tennessee still got two top ten wins. Maybe we maybe we give them credit for those. Well, both of the teams they beat are ahead of them, though. Which is interesting, right? I mean, it, but that's uh, – and both of those also only have two losses. Then again, mm-hmm. Alabama's two losses are to LSU and Tennessee by a combined total of four points. Hmm. Which, again, is going to be part of the – part of the, the argument to get them into the top four. Uh, Clemson moving up because, well, why not? They <laughs> – they were just lucky that Tennessee lost. I mean, Clemson's not moving ahead of Alabama otherwise, I don't think. <clears throat> it's The ACC is just nuts. North Carolina losing. They go down. Uh, Florida State looks really good right now. <sighs> Ole Miss drops to 20th. Tulane, who, by the way, Ole Miss beat. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's almost like those early season wins don't don't they don't matter. Anything. What 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 do they say? November's the games they remember. Apparently, and that's that's just the way it is. I mean, Notre Dame's thirteenth in the country. How how is Texas in the top twenty five? Texas in the top twenty five. Notre Dame's thirteenth. They lost to Stanford at home and Marshall. Marshall at home. But you're telling me they're the 13th, and they may be the 13th best team in the country at this point. Hell, I mean, based off Utah's what we saw Saturday, with a loss to unranked Florida. Utah is eight and three. Their other two losses are to uh, Oregon and USC. No, they beat USC. This that's you just it's USC's only loss is at oh, Utah okay. on on the road one point. Um, I don't know who they else they lost to. Maybe UCLA. I'm not sure, but UCLA. And now eight and three after being undefeated two weeks ago or three weeks ago. There are four Pac-12 teams in the top 14. For whatever reason. Hmm. Oregon's the 10th best team in the country right now, according to the Associated Press, and they got beat by 43 by Georgia. Again. Early season games. Short memories. And certainly, I, I, certainly, when you look at this, you 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 wonder. You know, UCF got beat. They're eight and three. They dropped all the way to twenty fifth, but they're still in. UTSA is knocking on the door, though. <laughs> it's crazy, and this coming weekend is going to be even crazier. Well, and it is because look. USC's got Notre Dame. Doesn't matter in the Pac-12 championship. USC's in. They're in the Pac-12 championship game, right? So if you're USC, you feel like you got to win the game. Yeah, you've got to win the game to keep yourself in play because otherwise, even if you win the Pac-12 championship, you may still not be in. Right. And... <clears throat> The Ohio State Michigan winner gets a chance to play 
vaunted Iowa. Is Iowa is Iowa the winner from the other side? Iowa has to win. They have to they have to beat. Oh, I forget who they play this weekend, but Iowa has to win and they're in. Purdue and Illinois are both are both able, but they both need Iowa to lose and the other to lose. So, yeah, the Big Ten, the, the Big Ten West I will is play an absolute ne- mess. I will Nebraska. play Nebraska Friday. So, so well, you say that Nebraska's not been that bad. Speaking of, how about Georgia Tech? Interim Again, coaches, man. Interim coaches. They they go in, beat, score 20, what, 29 unanswered or whatever it was. They were down 17 nothing and won 25-17 or something like that. I thought it was 21-17. Whatever it was. They won. They, <laughs> they were down 17 nothing. They won the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and did not give up another point after that. So Brent Key is is making he's making some money right now. Somewhere. I don't know where it's gonna be, but he's making mm-hmm. some money. Um you just look around and and you 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 go, this is just a this is a very awkward year because you don't feel like now, granted, USC could win the Pac 12 very easily. They could very easily win the Pac-12. If they win the Pac-12, I think they're in the playoff. And I think we could potentially have four. You know, if TCU goes undefeated and wins the Big 12, we've got four conferences in the four-team playoff. And I think that would be great. I think that would be fantastic if you got to that. But I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. So there you go. But, yeah, I mean – when you look around the world of college football this weekend, you go, boy, this just threw a wrench in there or a fly in the ointment. So what were you most surprised with? Besides UT South Carolina? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. I I just I felt like Georgia would have done more damage at Kentucky than they did. I thought so too. None of the None of the top five teams won convincingly. Mm-mm. USC had to come back to beat UC, UCLA. Yeah. Um, At one point, USC was up 11. The other USC was down 11, and it was not the two you would think. Yeah. And and like you said, Ohio State at Maryland, you know, Ohio State was a 27.5-point favorite. They won by 13. And had to get, again, a scoop and score at the goal line to get to 13. To get there. It was a six-point ball game. And Michigan, too. Michigan, you you said they won, they needed the style points and weren't going to get them, and you were right. I mean, it just – but, again, nobody did. No. They're, they're... Nobody covered the big spreads this weekend, including Texas A&M and UMass. We talked about that one as well, man, and 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 I, I think I said that you know they're going to try to beat UMass badly, and I mean seventeen points, I don't think was what anybody was expecting. No, other other than the folks that didn't go to that ball game, uh, well, nobody. <laughs> I mean, they waited. They they watched the band, and when the band was over, they were gone. 
I didn't realize the band was that good. Apparently. Uh, so it's all about the band in, in College Station right now. And I'll tell you, I don't, know what's, I don't know what's worse. I, I don't know what's worse. Not paying a guy $86 million to leave and, you know, having to deal with an empty stadium for the next two or three years. I, I don't think just they, I don't, I, I don't think they can stand that look. Nope. They, I mean, they're going to pay him at that point. Yeah. I, I made a comment on somebody's Facebook about it and I'm like, they, they can't afford to pay him to leave. And somebody said they can't afford to let him stay. That's and, right. And I, I think that's where they're getting to. Because I don't, I don't know how many more times you can afford to look up at the stands at Kyle Field and see that. Well, and again, UMass had a lot to do with that. I mean, if that were an SEC game, that probably doesn't happen. Um, same thing in Alabama. I mean, Alabama stands were half empty too at halftime. So yeah, but that wasn't because of an underachieving Alabama team. No, no, but I, I mean, I, again, I don't. If it were, and if that were a game against an SEC school or another Power Five school, I don't think that that's the stands you see. I think UMass had a little to do with the fact that folks didn't want to stay. Because sometimes you're there to watch your opponent. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that UMass <laughs> probably has something to do with the fact that folks didn't want to stay. But I think the fact that Texas A&M was only beating UMass 13-3 at that point <laughs> had something to do with not wanting to stay too. Oh, absolutely. And only scoring one more touchdown the rest of the way. Uh, it was brutal. It was brutal to watch. Yeah. You hate to see it, not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, high school football playoffs rolled on over the weekend. Uh, there were some surprises. We'll talk about them right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. You guys stick around. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Updates from across the landscape of college sports. Tennessee leads Gonzaga in the third quarter, 47-39. That's the Lady Vols. And at halftime, Tennessee State trailing Cal State Northridge 41-40 in men's basketball in the SoCal Challenge out in uh, San Diego. And at the Paradise Jam, Belmont leads Howard in the first half, 29-24. Also, not sure if you're aware, but I I was trying to find the the final score in the the World Cup. It looks like Wells and the United States tied one to one, so a draw in hmm. the first match of the World Cup for the U.S. men's national team. So then, now you're up to date. Also. There is an article, and I imagine it's a developing article on Main Street Sports. I'm sorry, MainStreetPreps.com. Nolansville Edge rusher Taylor Wine commits to Oklahoma from earlier today. Um, according to Tyler Palmateer, um, OU was the first to offer wine before a flood of suitors jumped on board. Wine 65235 is originally from out that way. Um, born in Edmond, about 45 minutes from the Norman campus, and has a couple of brothers that played high school football in Oklahoma. So congratulations to young Mr. Wine, who would possibly be able to team up with former Ravenwood edge rusher Reggie Grimes the second with the Sooners next year. Yeah, yeah. Out here recruiting hard in Middle Tennessee are the Sooners. Yeah, yeah. So I had gone to the Main Street Preps website to prepare myself 
for this upcoming segment as we get into Friday night's events. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, I know obviously you were at the Page Nolansville matchup. Mm-hmm. Great, great game. It, it, it appeared. It was, um, and it was fun watching two high school quarterbacks play at a high level. Um, Colin Hurd kind of struggled early, but but settled in late, wound up throwing for 261 and three touchdowns. Um, and Kobe Walton, the Georgia Southern commit, completed his first 11 throws, finished up 18 of 28 with um, 347 yards and three touchdowns. And all of his touchdowns were, were big balls. I mean, um, Eric Harper scored on a couple, one from 82, one from 59. Chance Fitzgerald, who, guys, if y'all hadn't seen him, I'm sorry you missed him, but um, he's a great receiver. He had a 71-yard touchdown catch as well. Those two guys combined for about over 300 yards receiving Friday night. I mean, like I said, it's just it was just fun to watch two two quarterbacks operate at a high level in that ball game. Page, you know, avenging that 27-21 loss back in week late in a, a week eight in overtime to to get the win, and and now you get another All Patriots semifinal in 5A for the second straight year. A lot of people still remember that 56-52 when Page had over Henry County out at Page last year. Well, this time they go to Paris. So we'll see how that one goes. Page in Paris. Page in Paris. That's it. Yep. The Patriots are going to (laughs) win. They are, in fact. And they'll take on the winner of Knox West and Powell. Powell, Jordan Potts. You talk about great quarterbacks. Uh, He's a fantastic one. We saw him in that Class 5A state championship game last year. Knox West a dominating performance over previously unbeaten Daniel Boone. So 5A is looking crazy. But here's where I got here here's where things got a little crazy for me. One, I never expected Beach Cane Ridge to be a 35-7 football game. In no. any way, shape, form, or fashion. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, and and we've been talking about that that beach team all year, man, and and the job that they've been doing up there. And Apparently they did it yet again, um, clearly on both sides of the ball because Kane Ridge is a really potent offense or had been until Friday night. And Beach just getting it done. They're, they are they are a tough team. They've played a tough schedule. Um, they are traditionally, you know, they're used to playing in games this time of year and went on the road and got it done Friday night. That game was at Kane Ridge, so – we have to do it again. Them. Hey, yeah, yeah, it'll be a little further this time. They got to go out to Bartlett. Bartlett, 16-14 over Germantown to reach the 6A finals. But, you know, I'm a little surprised that Maryville is going to be making the trip to Murfreesboro. But, you know, like you said, these kids, cer- certain teams have kids that know how to win this time of year, and that's exactly what Maryville did. They beat Science Hill 38-14 in the quarters to earn a trip to Murfreesboro where they'll have to take on Oakland, who, uh, you know, it, it took a little while, but they finally got there 48-23 over Blackman. I think that there are certain teams, certain programs that just expect to win 
And I think Maribel is certainly one of those. And and I'm, I I think that that means something in these type ball games, especially against a science hill that isn't necessarily used to being in that position. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that's the big thing right here. You know, Maribel's still big bad Maribel. <laughs> You know, and and those teams out west, they 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 still have to deal with that with that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Oakland, Oakland doesn't, which you know, and of course, this game being in Murfreesboro, it, it, it makes you feel like Oakland's going to have the upper hand at least going into the game, mm-hmm. uh, confidence wise, after winning the last two and and last two state championships, and then Beach and Bartlett on the other side. I thought that was great. Um, <clears throat> In class one, I don't know. I actually watched the Fayetteville McKenzie game. Did you? Um, and I'll tell you early, I was like, well, this is boring. Uh, McKenzie got up 14, nothing with about, I don't know, within about four minutes. And I was like, well, this isn't going to be nearly as good as I thought. Cause Fayetteville had to punt on their next possession. And I'm like, my goodness, McKenzie's fixing to run them out of the stadium. Well, Fayetteville mm-hmm. ran off 18 straight. It was eight. It, mm-hmm. it was 18, 17, and then uh, McKenzie kicked a 21-yarder to win mm. it. They were at the four-yard line uh, and walked it off with a 21-yard field goal to win 20-18. to 18. It's a really good football game, exactly what you expect to see from those two teams. So the Rebels uh, now get Mace, who upended Peabody. The Golden Tide go down uh, to Memphis Arts and Sciences. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I am. Um... I'm not sure that that was necessarily expected. So, um, no, <laughs> so certainly an interesting matchup there with McKenzie and Mason at Mace. Yeah. Yeah. They got to go all the way out to, which I mean, from McKenzie's probably, it's not that far, but it's, it's, it's a good trip. Well, it, it's closer than it would have been for Fayetteville. That's for sure. And then Riverside gets the, gets revenge on Lewis County with a 33-26 win over over uh, Lewis County in the quarterfinals to advance to the semis where they'll uh, go to Huntingdon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a little get back after that 15-14 week 11 loss for the um, Region 6-2A championship. So, um, you know, that had to be a tough outcome for Mount Pleasant to watch. Oh, yeah, because you're sitting there going, man, we had every opportunity to go to the state semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and if Riverside wins this weekend, you're going to be really hurting, mm-hmm. uh, really, really hurting. Of course, on the other side, I don't think anybody's touching Tyner. You might be right. I mean, this team has been dominant all year long, 35, seven over a really good East Robertson team who came mm-hmm. into the game nine and one, and they just ran at East out. Robertson at, right? on the road. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tyner goes on the road and just runs East Robertson out of their own stadium. And now they take on York Institute. So yeah, it's a, uh, and, and then finally Anderson County talk about running folks out, just absolutely demolished Greenville. I watched the first hour of this one before, uh, Fayetteville McKenzie came on and let me tell you Anderson County when it comes to NFHS don't nobody do it better it is a <laughs> collegiate level broadcast <laughs> they've awesome. got five or six cameras they got cameras on coaches replay great 
play by play. It, it is it is top notch. So just kudos to the Anderson County uh, NFHS team out there. Well done. That's awesome. And um, Anderson County goes to Red Bank on Friday. The winner of that one plays the winner of Pearl Cone Haywood. Pearl Cone. Um, who did Pearl Cone beat this past weekend? Lexington. Lexington. County. Lexington. That's it. In Lexington. Yep. So, Went to Lexington, got a win. Got to go now, to Brownsville this weekend. Now you got to go to Haywood. And Haywood has been putting up points 67, 47, and 64 thus far in the state playoffs. Well, now, Pearl Cone's put up some too 38, 54, and 41. So don't think that the Firebirds can't put them up because yeah. they can. Yeah. And it looks as if we are headed for a rematch in the 3A championship game, although Giles County and Covington would hope to derail that Alcoa coming to Pulaski on Friday night and East Nashville going to Covington. Covington, not an easy place to play. Covington went on the road to beat Dyersburg this past weekend. Uh, I think Covington's got a shot. I'll be interested to see how, how it goes, but again, getting a little revenge. Did, uh, did the Eagles over mm-hmm. Smith County who beat them in week 11, uh, 15, 14 might, might find myself at, uh, at the, the brickyard this weekend. Might as well. CPA and Lipscomb both advance to the state finals in division two double a, um, of course, you know, and I wish I wish I had the kid's name, but apparently Trinity Christian was that was without a pretty important foot uh, player, uh, either. Boo Carter, I think that was. I, I think he was he was out. Uh, Mister Football semifinalist. That's it. Yeah, we we discussed that. I guess we discussed it while you were out. Yeah, he was um he was suspended for their opening round game, and then he um disenrolled from school the following week. Yeah, so that that kind of hurt my Chattanooga Christian pick mm-hmm. to go to the state finals. But the now line, they did win two games without him, I did. think, because because they won their opener and then they beat um, FRA the next week. That's I right. Think they beat good, good pasture and then FRA. So, so. CPA and Lipscomb in and another chance. Now, last year CPA won the regular season. Lipscomb won the state championship. I don't think that's going to be the case this year, but hey, you never know. Get there Thursday, 11 o'clock. No better way to kick off the Blue Cross Bowl than with those two, right? That one, yeah, that that gets you started with a bang for sure. Followed by um, Friendship Christian and Nashville Christian. How about Middle Tennessee, baby? Yeah, Nashville Christian going back to the D2A state championship game for the second straight year. Last year, they lost to Donaldson Christian in the finals. Um, Friendship Christian put DCA out 14-13 a couple of weeks ago and then defeated um, USJ Friday night. So the Commanders and the the Eagles. No, I'm excited about that one. I think that's going to be one of the better games. Uh, Two really good quarterbacks, a senior and a freshman going at Mm -hmm. it. Should be be a lot of fun. Um, And then NBA with the 28-27 win over McCauley. They get McCauley's heated rivals, Baylor. I, I think a lot of folks were really looking forward to a McCauley-Baylor championship game in chat. Uh, I think I think you could, could have shut everything down in Chattanooga if that had turned out <laughs> to be the case, man, because everybody would have been there. Uh, and I think Baylor will still draw pretty well. Um, Baylor with a 
as we mentioned, a um, 44-39 win at Brentwood Academy on Friday night on a interesting call at the end of the game. To Controversial, n- and I don't know, man. It's it's close. It's close. Um, Brentwood Academy may or may not have scored a I, go-ahead touchdown at the end. It I was wish, ruled to not. But I wish the fan mm, had to step in front, in front of Oregon. Of, yeah. Of Mike Oregon, who had a great view of it. He was there the until he wasn't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And guy stands in front of him, and we don't know. We'll never know. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, and somebody's I, probably I, got video of it, but I, I don't think anybody has any better video than what that would have been. Correct. Because <laughs> I mean, he was on the he was on the sideline. I mean, he was right there, and he was right there. Ah, that's tough. A, a tough way to go out for Brentwood Academy. Uh, no question. Gonzaga, by the way, has pulled within two points of the Lady Vols, 54-52 at the end of the third quarter. Hmm. Um, let's let's take a short break here. We've got a couple of things we'll talk about the Lady Vols on the other side of it. And Baseball Hall of Fame and anything else that we can think of. So stick around. Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint returns after this. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Treat. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. It is Reaction Monday and these are our weekend thoughts, our final segment of the day. Coming at you here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao. He's Mo Patton, and we're glad that you guys hung out with us for the duration of the show. If you missed any part of it, you can go back and watch it on Main Street Media TV, uh, Main Street Media Social Medias, Main Street Sports Today, at MS underscore Sports Today on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Instagram, too, in case Twitter does go away. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitch as well. So... Plenty of ways to watch us, YouTube. You see that at the bottom of your screen. Plenty of plenty of ways to watch us. And, of course, the podcast does go up after each show. We appreciate you guys listening there as well. On your way home, if you so desire. Now, Tennessee struggling right now, uh, Lady Vols, to follow up a really good, foot, uh, really good season from last year. Uh, number 23. Lady Vols now lead Gonzaga 54-52 at the Battle of Atlantis. Um, 23, two weeks ago they were number five. Yeah, but have lost a couple of times to to some ranked opponents. Ohio State and Indiana. And then beat Rutgers, finally got the Big Ten monkey off their back. Mm -hmm. Uh, They understood the assignment there. (laughs) Of course, you know – Who's the uh, who's the assistant up there that was a coach at, Mich- at Mississippi State? 
Oh, um, Nikki McCray. Nikki McCray. Yep. So she's Nikki McCray Pinson, former Lady Vol. Right. She was. Yeah. Uh, she's on staff up there, and then uh, losing to UCLA at the Battle for Atlantis yesterday, as UCLA and I don't remember who else who Gonzaga lost to, but uh, UCLA and whoever it is will play for the championship here momentarily. But yeah, this is this is not a bad Gonzaga team, by the way. They they've been to the Sweet Sixteen four times in the last couple in the last ten years. Uh, but I don't think this is a bad UT team. I just don't think they're playing to their capabilities right now. And I think part of that is, I don't know that Tennessee as has been as active in the transfer portal or as active with transfers as they have been over this past off season. And I just think it's a chemistry thing right now. Trying so, to figure out who's who and what's what and who can do what. And, uh, and and, I, and I these games don't basketball is ahead of them. I was gonna say th- these games don't ultimately matter if you're ten if you're if you're Tennessee and you play in the SEC the probably you know arguably the best women's basketball conference in the country, mm-hmm. especially considering what happened in Palo Alto last night. Um, you have an what was that score? It was seventy. 71 67 in overtime, I think, or 73 67, something like that. But, uh, yeah, South Carolina hits a hits the game tire and then, um, goes up in overtime with a big three pointer from Bree Hall and coasted from there against mm-hmm. the number two ranked Cardinal in Palo Alto, which is pretty impressive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think there there's certainly an opportunity for for these ladies to find themselves, you know, right in the thick of things when it gets to March, and you know, never count Kelly Harper out. I can tell you that, um, you know, they didn't they didn't really start the season last year all that all that great, and I think that's part of you know, of course, last year was Kelly's first year as coach, and you know, you had again a lot of chemistry, not only with your coaches, but with your players and that sort of thing, new systems and all of that. And then you've got transfers coming in who are still learning the system. And my guess is as a former point guard under Pat Summit, she's got a pretty complex system. Hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's just, I think with what they were able to get done last year, they kind of created some expectations and, again, bringing in so many folks over this off season, it's just, it's going to take a little time for them to get settled in, I think, but that's why they play these games, these non-conference games before the conference season starts. And, and maybe I'm being a little over, over positive. I don't know, but I, I think they're going to be okay. I do too. I do too. And it's just, it's, it's just going to be a little ugly getting there. And and I'm sure it's frustrating for not only this team but for Kelly. I mean, she's mm-hmm. used to struggling like this, and you know, and that's that's a good thing. Sure. I mean, you want you want your coach to be in that vein of this is not acceptable. We're better right. than this, so we have to get better and play better. And so eventually, that's what we're that's what we're going to see. So good for them. Speaking of game. Uh, not game winners, but buzzer beaters. Did you happen to see the Luka Doncic uh, halftime buzzer beater 
highlight or mm-hmm. whatever. Weirdest thing, Justin, have you seen this? The uh, what'd you say? So the so it, the buzzer beater that Luka Doncic had in at halftime, and then they they ended up going back and looking at it and waving it off after halftime. So they had to play the last two seconds of the of the second quarter before they could start the third quarter. What? That's crazy. I'm trying to look at it right now. So, yeah, if you can find it, um, if you can find it, look it up because it is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh, here's here it is right here. Okay, uh, I'm about to share it one second because it's not just what happened on Doncic's, but watch right. what happens when they replay the two seconds. So here, yeah, kind of breaks it down here. Um, so Luca hits a three at. At the second quarter, buzzer basket overturned. Lucas steps out. Wow. Okay. They put the two seconds back up there, and then Viatko Kankar hits the hits a buzzer beater to start the third period. To start the the third period. So this is Luca right there. He mm-hmm. Luca steps out right here. Hits oh, the three. Bounce. So they That's give right. him they give him three points. Right. So it's fifty nine fifty two. Oh wait, just kidding. So it's 56-52. They go back, play the two seconds after yeah, now it's 56-55. Now it's 56-55. Oh my god. <laughs> How insane is that? That's the I've never seen anything like that. And now we're going to start the third quarter. And now we start the third quarter. <laughs> OMG. I just thought that was the weirdest thing that I'd seen this weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, that's funny. I haven't ever heard about it till now. That's weird. Hey, real quick before we get you out of here, um, baseball Hall of Fame ballots are out. Andrew Jones, who led vote getters last year, I believe. No, he did not. Just kidding. Uh, yes, well, he led vote getters of those who are returning. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, and Billy Wagner are back. Rowland received sixty three point two percent. So. He's on the the cusp. Scott Rowland just doesn't seem doesn't scream Hall of Famer to me, Mo. But he really doesn't. Scott Rowland screams Hall of Very Good. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. um, he he was he was very consistent, but I don't think he was consistently great. He was he was really really solid, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but first first timers time on the ballot. ballot, yeah, include um Carlos Beltran, um. I really feel like Francisco Rodriguez should have a shot. I mean, he was, he was dominant for, for a while there out of the bullpen. Um, Mm -hmm. Also um, Houston street, Matt Cain from Germantown, uh, John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Bronson Arroyo, ex Nashville sound, Bronson Arroyo, um, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, Mike Mm. Napoli, Johnny Peralta, JJ Hardy, I think he spent a little time on a rehab with the sounds as well. Jason Worth and friend of the show, Ari Dickey, former National League Cy Young winner, Ari Dickey. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what kind of what the voting breakdown is for some of these guys. We'll obviously, again, be keeping an eye on Ari's progress and how that goes. Um, Helton got 52%, Wagner 51%, uh, Andrew Jones with 41%, Gary Sheffield had 40 
Alex Rodriguez under 35 and then goes it's down. It's kind of there. amazing to me that that Sheffield hasn't done any better, but I think he is thought to have been a steroid user. And I think that's probably got something to do with that. Well, it's out there. We'll talk more about it. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Top 5 Tuesday, we'll have Chip Walters with us. We'll, we'll, we'll count down uh, Top 5, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. whether it's Thanksgiving-related or sports-related or Thanksgiving and sports-related. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and and much more. So you guys come back with us on uh, Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, 2 o'clock. Again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Mo, it's going to be a good day. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. For Justin Kulik in studio, I'm Chris Yao. Have a great one.